Alright, welcome to Seishura, Music Explorers Podcast. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. I'm Jim Jam. And we have um, another fun-filled review episode, and this time we're uh, taking a little bit different approach. Usually we try to jam in as many as, like, five, I think we've done five albums before, <laughs> and this time we're trying to, you know, spend a little bit more time on, on some fewer albums, because uh, two of our picks this month are, you know, heavy hitters that would, you know, I know once, as soon as they were announced, I personally was looking forward to them a lot. Yeah. Um, before... Same here. I, I mean, also, I... I just didn't have a ton um, this month. Yeah, that yeah, it was, was a little bit of a slower month for me too. You know, yeah. there, there were a lot of releases that I I liked, but just not a ton that really, really grabbed me. Uh, I think for me, the beginning of the year really started with the bang, and then it, it, it softened a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of the beginning of the year, we're actually going to start out with an album that came out in February. That yep, um, that you you really I'm yeah, glad, glad you brought it to our attention. Can you tell us a little bit yes. more about it? Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is, I, I mentioned this last episode, uh, the album's called Ming Ming, and the, uh, the artist is, is called, uh, Ote Oni, but it's like O-T-A-Y colon O-N-I-I, so I can't really say for sure how to pronounce that correctly, um, the colon kind of fucks everything up. The, the, uh, the grand tradition but, of us not pronouncing Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I feel like this is a little, um... <laughs> this one's kind of pathetic for me. But. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> um, but I, I will say it's, it's probably it's more of an artist, uh, you know, pronunciation as opposed to a cultural like. Oh, did we like you know fuck this up because we're like stupid Eurocentric idiots or, you know. But a- anyway, um, so this is an album off of uh, an indie label that I just discovered actually from this album called uh, uh, WV Sorcerer Productions. Uh, it's like a label in france uh that i think is run by just one guy um and it kind of they, they they specialize in um uh sort of taking a lot of like asian music and sort of bringing it to a different audience i i guess that's kind of the gist of what i got i might be wrong um i i got the email the uh the guy uh in charge i i guy person in charge of it so um and they seem very nice uh they were super cool so uh you know, shout out to them uh but yeah i um i think i found this on rate your music initially because i don't know where i don't even know what i searched for but i just searched for something in 2021 and just this showed up and um yeah <laughs> i uh i was like halfway through this and i already bought a copy of it on cd Hmm. (laughs) so like my first listen so i I guess you can kind of see what my thoughts are going to be um and and i'll go into detail more but i kind of want to open it up to you first uh so you know where did this thing bring you like you know what what, what were your expectations maybe when i was because I, i i've definitely i texted you uh, very early on when I found this thing out and described it, I think, as um, uh, if if Bjork was uh, held under duress in, in <laughs> China and was forced to recreate Coyle's Ape of Naples. <laughs> yeah, which is always... Yeah. I mean, whenever, whenever you have a fun 
um, comparison like that, it definitely piques your interest. And certainly, yeah. um, I, I know new music for you can sometimes, you know, you're very selective about the new releases you listen to. So when you, you endorsed yeah. it so highly, I definitely was very interested to engage with it. And I <laughs> wrote down, I actually forgot you mentioned that until I, I reread your text. Um, but, you know, when I was listening to it, the first thing that came to mind was like evil Bjork or like possessed Bjork. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it. Totally get where you come from there. Uh, interesting. And just before I, I say this, I, I, I did really like this album, but it, it was challenging for me to listen to. I don't know why, but it, yeah. it, it unsettled me in a similar, and that's why I texted you earlier today. Uh, it reminded me of when we reviewed, uh, is it Puce Mary? Puce, yeah. Yeah, Puce Mary, The Drought. Is I really yeah. enjoyed that album, but I listened to it at night while I was driving home from seeing Lauren in Connecticut. And just the rest of that night, I just felt like, I felt unsettled. Like it really, um, there was something about it. And, and if I remember correctly, in, in, in a similar way about this album, that it was, you know, beautiful and haunting in some ways, but just really, you know, dark and unsettling in other ways. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, it just, it took me, I, I honestly, it took me a few times to even listen to it the, the, all I, the way through. I described it as, um, I, I guess, I I think of it as, like, it feels like or in, like, organic creature, almost. Like, it doesn't, like, it almost feels like it shifts in a way, the like, on repeat listens. And, like, different parts kind of show up in different points. Like, or at least, like, your awareness kind of changes of it. Um, it it's, it, it's a very strange album. Um mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've, you've got a lot of this, you know, I think, like, a lot of these Chinese folk music parts to it. Uh, but it's never, like, this prevalent thing. It's more like it kind of, like, haunts the album. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, like, that's maybe a key word there is, like, haunting. Because, like... Yeah, for sure. And I mean this in, in more than just, like, a thematic way or just kind of, like sort of the way you feel from listening to it but more just like you can hear all these influences throughout it and yet like none of them feel particularly prevalent you know or like um you know at the forefront of what's going on and yet somehow they all kind of merge together into this like melange of like i don't know i mean it i I think it was described on rate music as like post-industrial um which i mean Frankly, I feel like I, it's just kind of a catch-all these days. Like that's. I, I, I feel like it, it. It might be a worse genre tag than alternative music. It's like I don't know, um, dark electronics, weird post. There you go. Like, yeah. I just feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just like it, it just feels like anything that you, like okay like if if your music even vaguely sounds like machinery, you're in post-industrial now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like like fuck that, um, but. Um, yeah, I, I just, I felt this, uh, this thing was just so strange to listen to, and I feel like it grows the more I listen to it. I, I just think it's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. I really like, especially, I don't know if you noticed this, um, but there are certain vocal samples that are used in multiple songs, uh, sometimes at the start. Um you know, it, I, I, I just, I kind of like how it lends itself to kind of like this overall coherence with it because not all of the songs are particularly like cohesive, I guess. Um, even though I, I feel like they never like stray too far away from things. But yeah, I, I mean, I, absolutely. It, it was. I mean, this kind of. Um, it says that 
I think it's it's a she, right? Or they. In any case, I think they're based in New York. Obviously, there's a lot of, of Asian influence on this. Um, and I, I kind of. This is very much fitting the mold that I mentioned. Is. is I mean, in a way, this is world music, quote unquote. There's a lot of influences from, you know, Asian traditions. Uh, I'm not sure if, if it's clear which which did you catch what country there is. I think it's China. Yeah, I, I thought I, so. I thought so too. But it's it's moving it forward, and I, I think that's something that I was. I, that's what I meant when I said I wanted to listen to more non-Western music. Is is that mm. I, I didn't just want to, you know, like put on a random. Um, you know, random Mongolian folk album just for the sake of saying it. I really wanted to, you know, just say, oh, like I, I totally listened to this and enjoyed it. You're just to check a box. I really wanted to listen to artists that are doing, you know, interesting, you know, innovative things with old sounds and bringing them into totally new worlds. And it was yeah, great. like that, uh, uh, Goeta uh, Guerra or is it Goeta Great? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great yeah. example. Is that you know, there's a lot of uh, you recognize. Um, you recognize the sounds from you know you've engaged with, with culture you can hear the influence but it's in a totally unique way and another great example is uh, real quick is uh lycopolis they are an egyptian black metal band and it is oh, it, and it, can you can you send me yeah, that because it, the, just that on that description on its own like gets like my musical like genitals tingling uh, <laughs> but, i'm so sorry i just used those words no it's 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 very <laughs> fitting um <laughs> And it's you know the, the the kind of Egyptian scales are very subtle but still very much there, and I, I kind of I feel the same way here, except this takes it to a whole new level. I mean, again, mm. just the way that um, Oteoni blends those sounds with some really unsettling soundscapes is, is just really, really, just really cool. This this was a great find. Yeah. Again, I was I was only able to listen to this once because I tried. I think on three separate occasions I tried putting it on, and um, it just, for whatever reason, it just really unsettled. I, the first time it was it was a really stressful day at work, and it just like spiked my anxiety. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take a break. But the, I, I find that so interesting because like, yeah, I don't know, I, I don't know why. Like I don't usually get like scared of music, um, or even like art in general. Maybe it's just because like my own thoughts and my own anxiety are are much much worse <laughs> in a way but like are you know what i mean like like much much scarier than any movie could ever be mm -hmm. in a way <laughs> to me um anyway yeah i mean just for whatever reason media like from when i was a young uh young kid i remember i heard a radio ad for the um the exorcism of emily rose which was like a remake and oh, yeah. th that just that scared the shit out of me for like a week and for whatever reason i just am so um i like mo like I, media can I've really had moments of yeah. being weirded out by media but but not scared like i mean i i actually i was thinking of this the other day um of like staying up until like two in the morning watching adult swim like yeah. as like you know like a 17 year old and it like you know like my first adult experience like my first adult swim experience um, you know, in, in seeing the opening credits for, uh, Ghost in the Shell, mm -hmm. uh, for the, uh, Ghost in the Shell TV show was like, I, I thought I was like in some sort of weird, like nightmare kind of, <laughs> it was, it, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I... Anyway, um, 
unless you had more to say there no i was just i was gonna say um you know this in a way reminds me like i would love to just hear the oh this is kind of a deep listening candidate uh you know Mm -hmm. i I think of there was one day where i was home alone and i (laughs) i decided for some reason to put on uh, abandoned by Pharmacon and just turn like I I, I just got poor, on. poor poor choice I know and, and it, something to listen to alone I know I turned I turned I think it was the middle of the day it wasn't like like, yeah. like late at night I would have just like left I would have just driven to somewhere populated and be like I, I need someone <laughs> I, I just hear a knock on my door and you just, <laughs> just come in and just like hold me <laughs> I, I, exactly I need someone and I just turned that on really loud on record and listened to it alone on the couch and it was it was a cool experience and I feel like this is, was, is, is that the one with the bee crotch yeah that's that's okay. my that and beach i feel like her recent album covers are just they're like too gross i don't really like i i, I love i love uh contact uh I don't, <laughs> and i see this as someone with like severe obsessive compulsive disorder so i don't know i the, the whole it's kind of it was this, my same thing with um what was that death grips album with the oh you're the snitch yeah like the the the, the lips. Yeah, I just for some reason like all that Fuck body that. stuff just really grosses. I don't know why. See, I, I I love body horror. Yeah, I think it's just like awesome. So which is, I, anyway. Yeah, it's weird yeah. because uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite um, horror movies. But I think just because I've actually never seen that. It's really it's really good. I know. I, I really need to see that. Like it doesn't uh, try to be. It just it relies on you know like genuine unease and, and terror, and it's not. Um, I mean, that's my problem with more modern. Like, I remember the first time I saw Saw, I was like, this is, like, kind of kind of bad. <laughs> like, it just is so... To me, it's, like, so torture porn-esque. And one of my favorite... Did you it ever was, watch... It was, like, arguably the first torture porn yeah, movie. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Have you ever heard of uh, Cinema Sins? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they did one about Saw where, like, they, there's a line in the movie where it says, technically, he doesn't kill anyone because he's not the one who actually murders them. And the guy was like, that is not true. Like, he yeah. he literally puts people in situations where they could, like, at, at, <laughs> at best it's manslaughter. Or, yeah, I guess at, at the very least it's manslaughter. But anyway, this yeah. is, you know, yeah. per usual. Way, way off track. track. Um, but um, we are going to move on it, to, in, in just the, the long tradition of this podcast, something completely different. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think just, I, I, I just want to shout out, I think this is such a great album. Like, this is, like, probably the first, like, strong contender for album of the year for me um i just fucking enjoy this thing a lot and i can't wait for my copy to get in from france so nice <laughs> um all right so moving yeah. on to our next album again very very much in a different uh, different genre uh, i remember when i first saw this i just i was it's one of those headlines i think you sent me a link and we're like what the, what the yeah. hell is this uh it is yeah, it, it was it was most bizarre thing yeah and it is promises by floating points the you know british electronic producer uh pharaoh sanders the you know eminent uh american saxophonist and then the london symphony orchestra and while i i, I do still think this it's a very odd combo uh, it might make a little bit more sense now that i think about it uh you know the if if you ever seen you know the what's in my bag series, uh, yeah. Sam Shepard who's you know floating points. Uh, the first pick was uh, Love Is Everywhere by Sanders, and he said how he you know he loves Pharaoh Sanders. Uh, a lot of his his music you can kind of hear some jazzy influences. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And he said that he used to play the record in a club called Plastic People in London, which I guess is a pretty eminent underground club. It's a, it's a really famous club. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. he said that people used to dance to the record, which I, I can't imagine dancing to Pharaoh Sanders, but if you can, <laughs> that's, you know, more power to you. And also, I, I 
totally just this popped into my head as um, as I was taking notes for the episode. I totally forgot that Ornette Coleman released an album with the London Symphony Orchestra uh, called Skies of America. I remember I found a vinyl copy at Music Connection in Manchester. I just they looked really cool. It was really cheap. Um, and it's obviously that would be shocked if there were any of the same players. It came out in the 72. Um, yeah. But at least there's some precedent for the, you know, the institution of the London Symphony yeah, Orchestra the, working with, you know, a jazz saxophonist. They've definitely branched out there. I mean, I, I distinctly remember that there's an uh, there's a Frank Zappa album that has them performing like his classical compositions, which I isn't the same thing. But I mean, they're, they're definitely willing to branch out a little bit. Um, you know, but going into this, like, you know, when you hear Pharaoh Sanders, like, you know, the name with on an album, like, you know, you have certain expectations and, uh, I, I gotta say, I, those expectations were kind of distorted, um, or at least they, uh, not accurate within the context of this album. Uh, but by which I mean, just like, you know you listen to an album like karma or black unity and you're like okay you want some like scrocking madness mm-hmm. um not exactly the case here <laughs> yeah he definitely they, played to what i mean i'm assuming um shepherd served as the composer here i'm assuming I, he... I, I think it's both because um if you look at the apple music um sort of write-up for the album uh, apparently pharaoh sanders was the one who actually initiated uh, contact with Sam Shepard in the first place, which is super weird. How like you have these two artists who like are like aware of each other, you know, who are just complete like it feels like just complete different ends of like the musical map, mm-hmm. and yet you know <laughs> one of them is just like fuck that I'm working with this guy, <laughs> which is like Sam Shepard's dream, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I I I don't really know. Um, it feels like more of like a collaboration. Um, but you know, I, I, again, I, I don't really know. I, I feel like maybe this is one of those cases that we probably should have done a little more research and, you know, seen if, if Sam Shepard had done any interviews lately, sort of yeah. explaining that process. I mean, I mean but, candidly, part of me felt like just because of, of Pharaoh Sanders age, I just assumed that Shepard kind of took the, the reins, but I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. You never know. Like I mean, Sonny Rollins is still doing shit. Wayne Shorter is still doing shit. Um, you know, I I think if we were to think that, I think it, you know, I I feel like if Sam Shepard was the main composer, I feel like it was more on a sonic basis. In that, like it was like his reasons for composing were like you know musical reasons as opposed to like age limitations. Because, I mean, like, you know, last time we heard from Ferris Sanders was, like, back in, what, like, 2017 when he was uh, touring with Kamasi Washington, if I remember right? Yes, I think so. so. Like, I mean, you know, I, I I just, I feel like he's he's probably more active than we think. But um, let's talk about the music, though, because this was, like, I, I genuinely did not expect this album to sound like this. Um, it's, oh, it's mysterious. It's it, it, not like in a um, not like Ming Ming, you know. This mm-hmm. is this is like this is a curiosity. It, it, it has like these. I, I describe it as because um, the image that kind of came to my mind is is like this creature, like 
that's been underground for like so long and it's like finally poking its head out and kind of seeing what the world's like in a way and i don't know it, it just has like this like exuberance to it and like kind of like this innocence i don't know i like that's the best way i can describe it yeah i, I totally um, get where you're coming from and i think that kind of brings or that gets to what i said at the top of the hour i guess it makes sense that this group of people would be interested in working together but on paper i mean you have a you know somewhat posh indie electronic producer you have obviously an established orchestra and then a you know free jazz avant-garde well, I, spiritual I, I, saxophonist I, I think i i really don't know if the london symphony orchestra is involved in the composition at all Sure, but just in terms of, but, uh, you know, obviously they had to approve being involved in this. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose that, you know, I think Floating Points is probably well-known enough over in the UK. And obviously, Pharaoh Sanders' reputation speaks for itself. So, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't know what to expect from this. But, I yeah, I mean, I, I just put this on multiple times in preparation yeah, for the episode. How many times did you listen to this? Uh, I... Did one deep listen where I mean I, I, I was I was reading during it, but just so I was you know to me that's as, as close as you get to before just fully engaging <laughs> these days. Um, but I did two other listens, and I just really I, I I guess it makes sense that it was one full piece, but that also surprised me. It was several movements because I didn't look at the track mm. list, but was I just saw that you know before I listened for the first time. But the way that it flowed together, the way that, you know, it felt like a cohesive project, but there were moments where there were more electronic flourishes and then more orchestral flourishes, and then obviously Pharaoh Sanders taking the spotlight. Yeah, I, I was pretty enthralled by this. I, st I still feel like I haven't fully scratched the surface almost. Yeah. Just because, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I like the fact that this, that repeating motif, that really mysterious motif, but there's so much more going on around it. And real quick, before we, before I forget, I also love that the cover, if you look at the vinyl copy, is an homage to free jazz. It's uh, oh, it it's is a, like a, if you have I have a um, like an original gatefold copy of free jazz. Uh, I just uh, cashed some hipster points right there, um, <laughs> and there's a die cut in where the the painting is. And when you open it, it then opens up to a larger painting on the insert, and that's exactly what it is. Like if you you know there's like the three panels. So if you open it up, it's to a larger whole painting that is you know huh. cut into three pieces. So I think that's a I always I always like little nods like that. Interesting. But, I I did not know that at all. Yeah, I didn't know. I just uh, I looked at the I, I also don't have a copy of no wait I think I do have a copy of Free Jazz. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I this was this is a really interesting lesson. Um, I will say that like you said, I I think I need some more time with it. Um, because I, my first listen was actually kind of disappointing, um, a little bit just because of the, um, sort of like, it felt like there wasn't like any movement going on. Like there wasn't really any direction towards the album. Like it, it almost felt like floating points, like was trying to go like ambient almost. Mm. And, um, I, you know, so like at the end of my first listen, I was just like, like, this is this sounds really beautiful, but it also doesn't feel very focused. Um, but listening to it again today, I was 
really surprised about how much more I noticed with it and like sort of like it's really it's one of those like detail oriented albums that like it's it's not gonna hit you immediately it's not like it's you know gonna take you by the arm like you really need to like work with it in a way you Mm. really need to notice what's going on in it because there are a lot of little little like flourishes that kind of happen throughout this that slowly build up throughout the whole album um and it's i think it's easy to lose track of them you know and, Mm -hmm. and kind of not notice them yeah but I highly urge people to just sit down and really listen to this thing because it is really rewarding. Because um, I, I mean, like, I really want to listen to it again, frankly, because I was just sitting on like the couch earlier, just like listening to this, and just being so blown away, just sort of by the overall kind of just, I, I guess, just the sheer beauty of what was going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I, I think my first time around, and I, I, I think this is less than significantly, but it, I didn't hear a lot of Sam Shepard on this, in a way. Um, yeah, I think that that's partially why I, I got, or I assumed that he composed, because I felt like he added some touches here and there, and yeah. he was involved in kind of the direction of it. But yeah, I agree that there wasn't, there weren't a ton of moments where it was, you know, you were like, oh, like unmistakably, that's, you know, yeah, that's floating points. I mean, I, I think that that, you know, that, that reoccurring motif is definitely him. You know, that there are a lot of, like, synth parts sort of near the end that are very much him. Um, but I I don't think that's a bad thing, though. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's, like, th- this whole album is kind of, like, a, a really, really nice exercise in, like, subtlety. Mm, yeah. And sort of, you know, the, the power that, you know... Um, sort of the the tiny gears that make up your music can can have on its overall effect yeah absolutely and i I think it's great observation earlier that it's um like i actually recently bought um i bought that vinyl copy of karma i think i told you that that i found it at red scroll and yeah, I mean, just remembered how great that is. And when you listen to Black Unity, I mean, that's such an... I honestly think I prefer Black Unity. It's just such a driving, amazing piece. Mm. Um, so yeah, like when you think Pharaoh Sanders, you think a certain thing. And uh, when you think Floating Points, you think a certain thing. And obviously, London Symphony Orchestra is kind of, you know... It, Neutral, it, it, I mean, almost. Yeah, or it's just this kind of, you know, you hear the name, you're like, oh, I mean, obviously they're a prestigious orchestra, but it's just kind of like, okay, you, you expect that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the fact that they kind of came together and it wasn't so much any one thing, you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it but, felt like they but, all... But, but you could feel echoes of all of them. Yeah, That's exactly. The cool That's a yeah. great way to put it, where it wasn't, like, it wasn't the Pharaoh Sanders show. It wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't just an electronic album. It wasn't, um, like, the moment, there's one big, like, the first big swell from... Um, from the the orchestra, like in, in the, kind of the middle of the album, I mean that just had so much impact because, like you said, there was so much restraint up to that point. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm gonna be listening to this um, just a lot, a lot more. Yeah, same here. I mean, I, I'm probably <coughs> just gonna end up buying a copy of it um, just because I I feel like it's it's just a good album to have around. I think mm-hmm. you know I I can't really say 
where this would show up uh, because I, I mean unlike Ming Ming I don't know like I mean there's plenty of room for this thing to grow but things are a little more indeterminate here but that being said highly recommend highly recommend yeah absolutely I mean I, I've seen you know people with tastes really that run the gamut of, of every combo that you can think of I mean I feel like a lot of my friends have different like there's different genres of music listeners almost in my friend group like I kind of you know these people are more into hardcore these are like this is like the screamo crowd or whatever like this, <laughs> this is the these are the grind and death metal people so like there's a really wide breadth of people I've seen that have been really into this. So I think that it's just it's one of those pieces that we're going to see talked about for... I, I hope so. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, it doesn't seem like Floating Points gets, I don't know, like, as much credit as he deserves Yeah, a lot of time. When that... Uh, n- n- not to say he doesn't get any, because he's certainly like a prominent name in electronic music right now. Um, I, I just I never see his work like anywhere you know too high on like a end of the year list. But yeah, maybe no, I'm just not looking the right place. No, I, I totally agree because I, I had not heard of Floating Points at all until I saw that. Um, that yeah, was, his his last album. No, the, the What's in My Bag segment. I literally never oh. never heard of him. And then as I was listening to the because you know obviously they play a little bit of an artist music when they do it. I'm like this is really cool. So I found a really really cheap copy of. I think it's called Elenia. Yeah. It's a short album. It, and Is it short? I thought it was like close to, I thought it was like 45 minutes long. I think it is longer than I remember. I think I have this yeah. one. In any case, I bought it. It was, I think just because it was so cheap, I figured it was an EP, but it's, I put it on and yeah, it's really incredible, you know, oh, yeah. jazzy, soulful, electronic music. It just, I, I, I was like, again, to your point, like I, and then, you know, I got really into Crush, which I think Crush did get some play but it definitely wasn't as yeah. high as it probably deserves so yeah i, I, I totally totally crushes crushes now i really want to return to just because of uh sort of the context of it that he's like improvising like on like a bukla mm-hmm. uh which is like for me for like a synth nerd like that that is like just oh like i just want to get into that i just want to dig into that yeah <laughs> um, i'm a um, big fan of what he did here and again just can't wait to give more listens and the vinyl copy of this is really that's how i found out about the uh the die cut the vinyl copy of this is really affordable and at some point i, I want to buy it because i would love to have this physically um, yeah i totally get that um all right great well, so yeah and, and again once again in the grand tradition of now time for something completely different uh, yeah but in some ways, not so much because this is also a collaborative album. It's just that the collaborate collaborators say that five times fast yeah. are <laughs> quite a bit more than three. Um, I guess if you count the number of the people in the orchestra, it would be a lot more than that. But anyway, yeah. um, this is the latest album from Shushu. Oh no! And oh no! It is quite quite. Oh I, I guess are you thinking this. of the Family Guy uh, bit now? Because I kind of am. No, the, the, the Kool Aid, you know. Oh uh, yeah. Oh no. Oh no. Oh yeah. You know what I was thinking about? There actually is a new. Uh, and this is probably something you can relate to really, really strongly. A uh, new TikTok craze. Uh, oh trend. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you spend... I'm, I'm a big fan. A big fan of the TikTok. A big TikToker. Um, but yeah, the, like, I'm, I'm also on the Facebook too. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I do, I do a Twitter. You do. Now and you then do it all as well. On the the face snap, the snapgram. Yeah. Um, the the, the snapgram. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but 
<laughs> yeah, the, the, there's a trend where you know it's one of those um, like that's me. You probably you probably wonder how I got in this situation, but it's a song where it goes, oh no, oh no, like it, it's a it's a you know goofy song like that. But um, in any case, <laughs> when this was announced, uh, I thought you know in kind of the tradition of Shushu in the last several releases, oh that's a really cool cover. I wonder what the you know I wonder what the the scheme of the, or the the theme of the album is. I feel like they followed an interesting theme. Re, or every album has kind of stood out on its own yeah. in a way. I thought you know Angel Guts was, um, you know, kind of an interesting quirky album. Obviously, Twin Peaks was uh, uh, was Angel I, Angel Guts is so good, yeah, dude. You know, twi- uh, the playing the music of Twins Twin Peaks kind of speaks for itself. Um, yeah. Same thing with uh, with uh, Nina. Forget. Yeah, and, and then forget when forget came out, like it was you know, arguably the poppiest album of theirs I've I've heard at this point. Yeah, and then and then and then and then grow a basket, grow of, a fruit basket of fruit took the absolute different. So I feel like they've just because I really got into them with with Angel Guts Red Classroom and and just from there they've really thrown a curveball after curveball after curveball and oh, oh yeah. no is no exception because it is a duets, duets. album and yeah. it is quite. The track list, quite the list of collaborators. Yeah, I, I I had to look up some of these people. Honestly. Some of them I did too, but other ones when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, that's that's amazing!" So, um, definitely yep. was was curious how it was going to go. Uh, I I think the my one concern going into it is that it it's definitely I don't know if it would, it would be either a too much of a good thing. I mean, usually like a collaboration, like a guest feature, is kind of a highlight on mm. an album or I thought it might go the other direction where there were too many either like it felt ham-fisted or, or the collaboration didn't do much uh, and I do have to say on Sad Mescalita I actually really like Sharon Venetton's solo material and I was not I, I, I yeah. it wasn't my it was probably my least favorite track on this and so I was when, a little worried at first um, but when, you felt the same when way when I started listening to this thing I I had kind of the same thought. Like it was, I, I, I think I actually like the track, um, but I, I just don't think it's a great opener. Yeah, I think absolutely. The thing I didn't like is I felt like uh, so. I mean, spoiler alert. I, I really, really love this album, but the, yeah, the, me, the, me too, the first but... track. Um, yeah, not only was it not a great opener, but yeah, as someone who listens to Sharon Bennett Etten's solo material, it definitely felt like she was trying to meet Jamie where he was this is not how she traditionally sings and I don't think that worked very well I think everyone else kind of just did their own thing uh, in fact mm. there's you know a couple of people one artist in particular um, or I guess two um, it very much looking forward to talking about who totally did their own thing and the contrast worked really really well and I just didn't think that I, I didn't know why she tried to meet Jamie where he was when I think that her typical singing would have provided better contrast. But thankfully, immediately after, I thought that every song, I think there's maybe one song towards the end. I wasn't as huge a fan about Saint Ants. I do Ants, we'll, we'll get there. But okay, uh, Saint, right. Saint Saint Dymphana with Twin Shadow, I thought that one was kind of a, a snoozer. I didn't really like that. I really loved every other song on this. I mean to varying degrees, but I was there were some excellent excellent experiences. Rumpus room, rumpus room. <laughs> I love I I totally forgot about Liars cuz Liars was yeah. you know Fantano bumped them so hard like when I was peak like peak needle drop fan 
and I, I really really liked that album with the with the fan and the the I think the uh, whatever it was like the felt string whatever um, oh. but yeah I, I don't know what you're talking about then <laughs> oh there, there was there was a Lyra's album that he was really really hot on but yeah what w- w- was it wish you or um, oh no no we're, we're talking about the one I think it's the one after that okay it never yeah. went because um, I, I always think about the album wish you by liars for some reason because i just like that album cover um but anyway yeah um oh. i honestly i'm i i how do you how do you want to do this because i i took notes uh, or i like not notes but like i just feel like every track i jotted down you know i don't know if i want to yeah, do it track by track but I, just i mean i i guess um first of all i just wanted to sort of talk about my own sort of hesitations going into this and sort of okay. initial impressions because like I mean, if, if anybody is listening here who's been a long-time listener, uh, Girl with Basket of Fruit was my absolute favorite album of 2019, like, by such a huge margin. Um, and it's still my favorite Chushu album. I, I think it's, you know, I, I would probably put it in, like, top five albums of the decade, frankly. Like, I, I adore Girl with Basket of Fruit. Um, and so, like, I, I was so excited to see you know this album be announced and then kind of had my expectations slightly lowered when it was described as a duets album because like in my mind i'm like okay so this is like nina part two almost that's just like okay this isn't like an official shushu album almost but it's like this fun thing that they're doing uh not the case not the case i i know that <laughs> yeah that's um, actually a really good point i had a similar thought is that usually like i said earlier that the, like a duet is kind of a highlight on a traditional studio album, so yeah. I feel like this falls like, somewhere in the middle. Like it's, it. I, I mean, it, they're counting it as an official album, as far as I can see. Um, it, I, I guess, just like I know when I, I, when I press play and listen to Sad Mescalita, um, I was like, what, what, when the first verse sort of came up and sort of, I got into that cadence of like, the it felt like that they were just trading verses almost. I was like, oh no, is like, is, is, I, I guess, <laughs> pun intended, I guess, but um, <laughs> I was thinking, I was just like, is this going to be like the whole album of like, okay, like Jamie Stewart's just going to invite like, you know, some person on and they're just going to trade verses like, you know, for like the whole damn song. It's like, no, no, that's not the case at all with this album. Like there is a lot more going on. It's still very much a shoo-shoo album. It's not like this is... I, I To me, this doesn't feel like a collaboration, per se, as much as more of, like, a feature. I mean, it feels more like a feature than a, than a collaboration, frankly, with each of these. Um, I, I think maybe with, like, a band like Liars or maybe um, having Drab Majesty, um, you know, on one of the tracks, I feel like maybe there's a little more instrumental stuff going on. I think with Chelsea Wolf there was definitely a little more going on mm-hmm. um maybe grouper too um but yeah it it, it still felt very much like shushu i i guess what kind of disappointed me the first time around listening to this thing was that uh sort of sort of the insanity that was girl with basket of fruit sort of just like the out of nowhere sounds the bizarre lyrics the you know like sort of the the, the almost like the lack of any structure whatsoever in each song um isn't really present here or at least like it wasn't the first time i listened to it and it listened to it for a second time it's i think it's there it's just more i i feel like that there's more structure to what's going on here yeah 
um, it's it's less insane, but you still got like that famous Jamie Stewart just like batshit insane, like I don't know, like nightmarish uh, aesthetic kind of put into like every second of this album. Yeah, and, um, and in some ways, I feel like it might be maybe they did this purposely. Is that you know with such a zany album like Girl Basket of Fruit, you know, instead of just trying to do a proper you know. Well, I mean, I don't know if there's such, I mean, there's such a thing I, as. A, I don't think they. I don't think they've ever done like a proper sequel. That, to I was going to say, like maybe yeah. if they're, you know, like how do we, how do we follow up, um, something like that? I mean, I feel like, that like they you, are, you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, what, we'll just do something completely different. And I think that, again, the only, I don't think that the Sarah, Sharon Van Etten collaboration worked really well, and I thought that. Um, Saint Dymphna was was just kind of okay. Every other track, varying degrees of, you know, good to great. Uh, I mean, just oh, to, yeah. just, just to, to go quickly, I thought um, the Drab Majesty. I loved kind of like the weird, like chanty choral, you know, choral vocals yeah. they had. That was it, a really it, interesting. Th- effect. I, I didn't. I wasn't the biggest fan at first, but it grew on me. Yeah, I um, mean, I really liked that. I loved the dancey vibes that Liars brought. Like Rumpus Room was such a a fun track. Dude, oh my god, the so the singer for for liars I, I don't know his name but i loved his vocals yeah on this thing just like really really, cool. really down there and dark and just like i don't know yeah <laughs> just yeah but it was perfect i perfect have to say one of uh, this is really close with might be my favorite song on the album we'll talk, i think we'll talk about what it, i think is my favorite song later but the song with owen pa- owen Pallet. Again, oh, yeah. like I said, Owen Owen did not change at all. He just sang and performed the way he does, and kind of the weird I, haunted. I'm not, I'm not really familiar with his work. Um, I I know that he was he worked with Arcade Fire, but that's really it, honestly. He's really he had an album. Oh, the name escapes me. It's ah uh, oh, damn it. I think I might actually. Have it, it, it has a, a bunch of t- uh, text on it, and then a black splotch. Um, um, yeah, I don't know them. That 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 was a really really great like baroque orchestral album. Oh, in conflict, in conflict is an amazing album, and just he like the haunted banjo and like his beautiful vocals. Like again, I love that he just was himself, and the way that that worked with Jamie was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Cure cover that they did with Chelsea Wolf, I th- that might be my favorite track. It just on this again, thing. that is how you do a cover. It totally like even before I heard. Um, you know, I saw the what track they were doing. I was like, "Oh, this is definitely a, you know, this is a Cure song." I didn't remember the exact yeah. name, but I was like, "Oh, was, yeah, this is this is the Cure." And then they channeled it through their own lens, and I think that's the way you oh, do a cover. God. They um, did it so well. Yeah, I I loved like that, and I, I think it's I don't know. I I almost feel bad for like liking the one cover song on an on an album more than any other track on here. But it was just so but well done. It, it, yeah, exactly. But but it's also not to discredit any other track on it. Mm-hmm. It's just more like I like this more. Yeah. I just I mean part of it is like I the pornography is probably my favorite Cure album, and I think like a hundred years is just like one of the best openers for an album. Like just period. Yeah. So like yeah, just to have them do that. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And like I I loved. I don't know if you noticed this. How like it felt like the guitar almost stayed like really low in the mix yeah and like the distortion from everything else kind of took over i love that exactly um Um, in terms of the 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 tracks that i wasn't you know i wasn't as familiar with the 
the, the guess, uh, a classic screw with Fabrizio Montanese Palumbo. That was yeah. He's he, so he's part of Larson, the band Larson, who is they've collaborated with Shushu oh, okay. many many times. They, right. they did uh, Puffo Gigio um, a few yeah. years ago that we reviewed, um, which I I. I that was a really fun track too. Yeah, that um, was that was really really zany. I loved it. It, was, bo- it bothers me all the time. That kind of gave me like Scott Walker vibes, just like with the yeah, the really I crazy strings. Um, yeah, really. Uh, I it was cool to see Angela Seo actually do some vocals or at least um, be featured as a vocalist. Yeah, I guess that was interesting to me because I'm like, isn't she in the band? How was she? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I guess yeah, it was the fact she actually provided vocals. Um, really liked Alice Bag. I thought Knockout was a really fun song. I. So, I like the song, but I felt like Alice Bag's contribution to it was like minimal at best. Yeah, because because it, it's just like knockout. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like that's like fair. over and over again. And then she had like that one verse, at I think near the end. Yeah, of it. no, I feel uh, that. But then, it, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I of rum. loved a bottle of rum. Like to me. That just it, it, there's a great story. Um, I think it was an interview with the, the lead singer Jeremy from Touche Amore. Is that uh, I think the penultimate song on "A Part of the Seas Between Brightness and Me." They played that for the producer that they were working with, and I think they worked with like kind of a general. That's a weird way to put it. But like they worked with like an established rock producer. Like they didn't work with mm. someone in like the post hardcore that kind of community. They worked with an actual rock producer, and he said that like. I don't know if you know this, but you wrote a pop song. Just, like, the way it was structured is just, like, the classic, like, memorable, like, as soon as you hear it, you just know. Sometimes when you hear an album, you know this song is just, like, a highlight on the album. This song is just, mm. like, it's super memorable. It just, it just sticks with you immediately. As soon as I heard this song, I mean, it just sounds, it's it's so beautiful. When Shushu writes, like, just a melodic, you know, ear-catching, they're just, just so good at that. Yeah. I, I think what was really interesting about this track and Knockout was like sort of them taking um, more of like a uh, uh, I, kind of like a major key type of yeah, approach exactly. to things. Like it, it didn't feel like sad mm-hmm. um, or, or disturbing, but I mean, it still had like that underlying like shoo shoo weirdness to it. But it was really interesting to see them just use these different like, you know, uh, I, I guess chords, I, you know, kind of different keys going on. Um, it, it it was a really interesting, you know. Sort of, I I love the payoff of it. Yeah. Uh, it, I also I I was thinking of this today when I was listening to Bottle of Rum. I'm like, I I don't know if if Liz Harris has. Uh, I I don't know if anybody's ever heard Liz Harris without reverb. She has a nice <laughs> now that voice. I think about it. Not only does she have a nice voice, but it was really interesting to hear her on a. Uh, I mean, I I I love Grouper, but. I would love to hear her do an album of more upbeat songs because I thought she fit really well on this. Yeah, well, you know that they've collaborated before, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I did not know that uh, they have like an EP called uh, "Creep Show," I think. That it's some, uh, some some something filed away in my brain is telling me that I <laughs> I knew that, but maybe maybe, yeah, maybe I didn't. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I was no, I was just thinking, just like I think it's just funny that like whenever you know liz harris shows up she has to be just her 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 vocal take has to be just smothered in reverb i know (laughs) and i'm not saying it isn't good because like it sounds great i just think it's funny like i would love to see an interview with her and just have her all her answers just be drowned out in reverb (laughs) (laughs) um but but then 
Then we end with the track Ants. Um, why is this a track? Like, why? Why, why does this exist? It, it's not even that it's bad. Like, be, because I think for something to be bad or good, it actually has to be something. <laughs> I... Like, this is just 15 seconds, and literally... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Valerie. Um, but, 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 but I have it written right down. Valerie Diaz. It, the in, the only thing that is going on in this track that I can hear is just her voice. So how is this even a feature? Like how how is this a duet? A- at I, all? I I like wobbled back and I mean obviously it's not it's not at the end of the world. It's not a huge deal. But like oh yeah no but it, like it, it's, it's it's just it just seems like. It, it almost kind of feels like a middle finger that it's just like you sat through this thing for 53 minutes, which by the way, we will get to that. Uh, you know, but you sat through this thing and then it's just like, Oh no, ha ha ha. You know, like it, it kind of reminds me of like, um, the, the, the last track of, uh, around the fur where it's just like 38 minutes of silence. Yeah. Like it, it, it just feels like a dick move, frankly. Yeah, and th- th- that's what I was going to say is I kept wobbling back and forth. Like, obviously, it's not like the biggest deal in the world, but I just. Yeah, I, it, I, it's, it's really not. But at the same time, it's. Especially. It, it, it just feels unnecessary, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, especially after. I think if this was like an interlude, I wouldn't care at all. The fact that my favorite song on the album, and it's like such a beautiful, gorgeous send off, and would have been like the perfect closer. And then they have this really dumb throwaway uh, it yeah. just it, it's a little it, bit of like you, a you know it it kind of have you ever listened to um blues for the red sun by caius no the, the uh the i'm pretty sure that i think the final track on that is just this song called yeah and it's just literally just two seconds it's just yeah <laughs> and it's a it, like i found that kind of funny just after listening to that whole album but it's kind of like that it it just doesn't it, it doesn't really feel like it fits anywhere yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, you beautiful, beautiful violin solo. And you're like, oh, that's great. And then they hit, like, one sharp note at the end. You're like, oh, that, that, you know, just, it, yeah. it's not the it's not going to cancel out everything that came before. Yeah, but... it, it, it's just like, it, it's like, why, why didn't you just leave that off? Or, like, but you know. It's it's also I, something that's totally on brand for shoot. <laughs> like it, it, it really is. So, I yeah, mean, it's hard it, to get it, too You know, bad. and it's, I, I would definitely rather listen to that than the whole, like, um, them doing one that like that what is that like that whole vibrators album that they did uh i where, where did they... not know that existed but that totally sounds like something they would do oh yeah no they, they, it's a real thing yeah, yeah. Let, look it up that they uh it, they literally would just like take sex toys and just like you know turn them on and put them against like resonating objects basically you know and, fun- like record it it's funny is that like if i were like just trying to make up like a fake Shushu album that something like that would come to mind. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, no, like, it's, it, next they're gonna. I, make... I actually really want to give that album a try <laughs> again. I, I I just think that the whole idea of it is so ridiculous, it, and it's like, I mean, I, I I guess, I I kind of like it for its ridiculousness. I don't know. I mean, I, at least that that that's something though. Mm-hmm. Like at least that isn't fifteen seconds of of just mostly nothing. Yeah, you know exactly. But um. So I, I guess I just want to bring if we're going to bring this conversation to a close. My my biggest critique of this album is that I I feel like it is just it, it is a really long shushu album. Um, I think what I liked so much about Girl Basket Fruit was that it was very to the point. Like it did not waste time. And I'm not saying that 
oh no waste any of your time either it's just that like it's it's a lot to take in at once yeah uh you know it's it's almost an hour you know and it's just like it's it's just a big sit down you know to to kind of just you know sit down for an hour and just listen to this thing and i'm not saying you're not gonna have a good time it's just you know it, it can be a lot yeah, I would definitely, I mean, without question, I would get rid of Ants, I would get rid of Saint Dymphana, I would get rid of Sad Mescalita, and then maybe, I have to re-listen to it again. But... I, I would probably get rid of Knockout, uh, and, and maybe even Oh No, uh, like the title track. I actually liked Oh No, but, um, yeah. I, 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 so I liked it, but I also felt like the, the feature in it, and I, I don't remember her name, but she, it was just literally, like, her just, like speaking very fast for i think it was, it was mostly just near the end of the track mm. like it, it just kind of felt like a little throwaway almost but i mean all that being said like i don't know even like i mean i would probably call i think sad mescalita is probably my my least favorite track uh because i i don't even think ants counts as a track frankly um <laughs> yeah but you know i but i i don't even like like We've talked about this before, that it's just, like, an album can feel too long, but, you know, sometimes it's almost like you don't know where to cut. Because, like, frankly, like, I, you know, I, even though I, I listed those tracks as possible things to cut, I really don't think I would, you know, I I, I, I don't know if I, cutting them would be, even be the best thing. Like, it's, it's not like they're completely wasting time except for ants <laughs> but even with ants it's only 15 seconds yeah so. exactly even the only song that i definitely think i, would, I could live without is, is twin shadow or, no it's sad mescalita um oh, okay i think i think sometimes you know same dimpton kind of suffered from the other songs around it i preferred more actually i liked knockout uh i i, I would probably keep that i yeah. mean again at the end of the day like you said, it. I, I like Knockout. I, I I just felt like I, I don't know, like in a duets album, it just didn't feel like much of a duet. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's definitely like I, I could think of albums like like Covenant, for example, by Morbid Angel. Uh, Angel of Disease on that is a re recording of one of their earlier, so like when they used to be a death thrash band, and it's not a bad song, but it just thematically does not fit at all with any mm. any. It's like it's a really weird moment it totally takes me out of what the band's doing so there's instances where like that where like i actually would like actively prefer that that song was not on the album and i usually end up skipping it just because it doesn't yeah. fit but in, see, in, in I, this case to your point i think it's just that there is a lot of music exactly yeah. I, I i really like I, I i don't have a problem with with you know the track list the way it is really so mm-hmm. um yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed this. I can't wait to listen to this more. I think we, we, we both actually bought the album um, on Friday when it came out. Um, because I, is, is Polyvital still doing that sale also? Oh, that, that's a running... Like, they've had that going on for a long time. Uh, oh, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's just a regular, yeah. regular special that you can do. Yeah, it's uh, like a bundle bundle deal yeah for, like if you, buy, if, if you buy I think if you buy two CDs, it's $4 off. If you buy three records, it's nine dollars off or something like that um yeah i mean i all i know is that i i think i'm only missing like three shoe shoe albums now <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to check i think there's there's a few that i'm missing but i'll 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 have to wrangle them at some point usually when i get close the threshold for how much i'm willing to spend goes up because i'm like yeah you know i'm i'm completing discography it's okay 
Like, yeah. I, I can splurge I, a little bit. I, I get you. Yeah. All right. Well, time for albums of the, week. of the weekend. Why don't you go first? All righty. Um, you know, I really did think about this beforehand, but I do have a couple albums right here on my desk that I was listening to, and uh, one of them I'm very happy about. I mean, I'm happy about owning both of them, but one in particular, and that's uh, Zoski Occultus by Behemoth. Nice. Um, yeah, the Bomus had like two Behemoth albums uh, pre-owned that I hadn't, I don't, didn't have, and so I mean, you know, I snapped those things up. Yeah. Uh, but the other one was Demigod, so I'm I'm getting that much closer to getting all their albums. I think I'm missing. I mean, I I'm I'm only going from like I think Demigod onwards, or like, like when they started doing death metal. So I think I'm only missing what Thelma Six, uh, the Apostasy, and I think one other but i can't remember it and not uh i loved you at your darkest because i i i'm all i'm all set there um <laughs> but anyway zoski occultist was i don't know i just really enjoyed listening to this thing it was it felt like every second wasn't wasted you know um and, and i i think between i like i think i like the songwriting on demigod a little more um but i love the production on zoskia mm-hmm. much much more like it just it it sort of takes everything I love about Behemoth sound and really just amplifies it. That you know you you've got Nurgle just sounding just bloodthirsty on these tracks, and like the guitars just have like this this really nice roar to them and just ah oh, it just it just sounds really good. Uh, and I, I've just I've been in such a mood for metal as of late that this is just a very welcome listen for me. So there we go. <laughs> awesome, that's a great pick, and I also have a death metal pick this week and oh yes i will say that <laughs> i just what grabbed me about this band at first is uh, oh it, it, it's collateris isn't it it is not it, but it, it is it's our it's our favorite band collateris but it it is a band with a very eye-popping name it's it brings me back to like the days of really edgy deathcore names okay and so when i looked into the band and i'm going to press send once i finish saying this uh, their early album covers, I would have immediately shut off because it is like peak 2000s deathcore, like the corniest, dumbest shit, um, <laughs> like just awful covers, like awful themes. And something with this new album, they decided to go serious. And this is um, one of the most like, you know, hashtag metal names I've heard in a while. So it is the album Nightmare Withdrawals by the band... Uh, blindfolded and led to the woods, uh, which, <laughs> which is uh, okay. Uh, and this, it, and it's, I kind of want to call it deathcore, just because like the the riffing style, it, it's it's groovier, it's it's heavy, like it just kind of has that more more groove oriented deathcore style, but it's really dynamic there's you know kind of more melodic moments dissonant moments it's technical there's some it's never like full-on avant-garde but there's some kind of weird uh, unsettling passages there's a kind of an ominous air throughout really really heavy and engaging uh carl sanders from niles on this oh shit um, nice and i don't recognize can, let me see if i can quickly google that there's another feature on here i don't recognize um, but it, what, what, what's the name? Uh, Callum Gay. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like I should know who that is, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, we're, we're just plebes, apparently. I know. 
Um, but yeah, like it just it, it's. But I feel like it's one of those things where it's a brutal band name, and it, it, it's a little, it's a little, you know, a little corny, a little, a little kitschy. <laughs> but it's it's not like you know we butter the bread with butter. With like that's just that's never gonna eat. Or 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 uh, uh, Captain Chunk no or what, what, oh, what, Chunk, whatever Chunk that... no Captain yeah. Chunk yeah that's yeah um yeah but yeah this it, it, it's so like I totally I recommend this really highly if you like just great death metal deathcore. Uh, but what's really interesting is it. This band kind of shows the power of album covers because when you pair that name with their current cover, which is just, it's like kind of a creepy but like well done painting, it has a totally different vibe than like oh, super. Damn. That, yeah, that is an awesome album cover. But if you look at their early stuff, like their first album cover is a, a guy in bad clown makeup holding an AK 47. <laughs> and the name of the EP is Armed to the Teeth with Jelly Beans. And then, yeah, and it and it's an insane clown posse cover yeah. album. And there's another album where it's called My Vaseline Diaries. So it's interesting how when you pair <laughs> like a name that's like way over the top and like super corny with like a, a like serious presentation, it kind of makes it sound more brutal. But when you <laughs> when you pair it with like clown makeup and AK forty seven, it just starts to sound like dumb. <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm trying to think of of other dumb metal names now. I think Slice the Cake, I think, counts. Um, oh, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, okay. But again, I, just, I feel like it's yeah. so, um, yeah, like presentation is, is so important, especially nowadays. You know, like people might scoff that, like if, if an album cover or a band name is just truly super bad, um, I don't know, like I feel like that's just part of your yeah, part of your aesthetic unless you're Killerist, which means you know it it means that you're the best death metal band but, you're you're the best slam band that has ever existed honestly that's a great example because i actually i really liked their last album but i just have a hard time like seriously <laughs> listening to a band called Killerist. i don't know like i i i was walking the other day and for some reason that name came to my mind and i just started laughing <laughs> it, it was it made my day it just like the fact that that's a band name just makes me so happy. I mean, it's it's memorable, you know. They they, they achieved and you know they succeeded in some I, way. I, I, I'm not saying any of this as like a derogatory comment. I I genuinely think that's a hilarious name, yeah. and I think it's really funny, and it makes me giggle. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, think we will leave it there. Thanks for yeah joining us, and uh, yeah, bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about, or questions, anything like that, uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishura Podcast on Twitter. And our email, I think, is Seishura Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.